Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. CM Punk might not be the devil. <laughs> you know what? I'm starting to think that. How did you make the first words of this podcast <sighs> CM Punk? Well, is there any other words this week? <laughs> the devil and well, was it the de- actually was it the devil or was it the devil's minions? It's the devil's minions. It, but the, he had the devil mask on. He had like on the back the devil's minions. Devil. Yeah. I, I don't know. Some faction which may or may not have included the devil himself attacked mjf on this episode i'm ollie davis i'm joined by pete quinnell filling in for luco in dad he's off on a special project more on that next week uh this is the aew dynamite review edition of the wrestle talk podcast if you haven't already please press the thumbs up button give us a subscribe leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode of dynamite and sending your Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every single chat before the end of the show. And just as a special request from us, go and check out our brand new channel, Chaotic Neutral. It's an RPG, which stands for, I'm told, Role Playing Gizmo. Rocket Propelled Grenade. Yes. <laughs> it's a TTRPG channel. It's, it's like D&D. Uh, yeah, this Exciting. isn't this isn't going to turn into a Surfshark VPN <laughs> swerve. It's not a promo spot for that. Although they're a great VPN, please go and use our link to get it. It's yeah, it's a, it's our RPG channel that uh, is sort of spinning off from No Rolls Barred. Laurie announced it a couple of hours ago. Mm-hmm. Gonna have a huge free live stream tomorrow, playing a uh, tabletop RPG game called Fiasco, which is a lot of fun. Gonna make up a movie on the fly. Mm, they, they've done a little Fiasco thing on No Rolls Bard before, and it was hilarious and awesome and great. So we're gonna do it again. Very exciting. Sully's gonna be on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, has, has Tegan been on No Holds Board yet? She, uh, yes, Tegan's been on No Holds Board. Yes. Yes. So you yes. can, yeah, you should know Tegan by now. Though. Mm. She's really funny. She's on the show tomorrow as yeah. well. Uh, yeah, so go subscribe over there. We've, we've managed to get about uh, 16,000 subscribers. <sighs> without a single video crazy which is fun so let's make it i don't know that's something achievable from this stream let's make it a million <laughs> million million by 4 p.m gmt please. we can make it the biggest channel out of anyone we've got without a video that'd be great thanks i had this idea mm. uh a week ago like oh my god we could because like this could be a whole viral thing we could have the most subscribers despite having no content mm. and i did a bit of research to see what sort of numbers would have to be it's ridiculous <laughs> there are some channels with like four five million subscribers mm-hmm. with no content that's absurd and it's not even like they had content and deleted it mm-hmm. they've just yeah crazy anyway yeah so probably you're you're probably here to talk about uh aew dynamite yeah. it was a great show it was a great show i had, a, I had a, a fun time watching this show stuff moved forward the the in-ring wrestling was great i felt like there was enough in there in terms of storyline bits i thought the christian copeland stuff was one of the oh, there's been so many great segments this year mm-hmm. but it was a bloody good segment yeah and uh there's also this Biggest angle, I guess. Biggest mm-hmm. thing of storyline note. MJF cuts a promo. He does a really great job building up Samoa Joe as his well-dened opponent. And then at the end of it, he gets attacked by four people mm-hmm. who uh, are in the sort of black morph suits. Retribution. Yeah. yeah. It's re- it, oh. <laughs> 
it felt a bit, didn't it? Did you see Corey Graves tweeted out retribution? Did he? Yeah, retribution? <laughs> question mark. And then uh, Dijak quote tweeted that with the gif of Vince being like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, "That was great." I can't prove it was Dijak. Yeah, they don't know. So yeah, so yeah, what happened? That uh, four, four people attack MJF. MJF, he's on a cane. Remember, he's he's genuinely injured and he's selling this as part of his story. Uh, Samoa Joe appears because he's trying to keep Max healthy for their World's End title match. Great story, love mm-hmm. it. Just and and I I like this. I like the development, but there was just a little bit of oh, he did he did kind of undermine them a bit, and I, I didn't quite stick the landing mm. of what they were trying to achieve here. Because I like you said before, I loved MGS promo before this. The hyping up Joe was so good, like lift, listing off all of his accomplishments. He name dropped WWE. Yeah, he name dropped CM Punk and Cody Rhodes. That's crazy. Um, but just talking about Joe's accomplishments and what he means to the industry and how he respects him, but also. It's not about that anymore. It's not about your legacy, Joe. It's about mine at World's End. And really effective babyface promo. Mm. Really fired up. was awesome. And then lights go out. Strobe lights everywhere. Yeah, that was the first bit for me where yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, mm, uh, not quite, but yeah, okay. Because then you just start doing the kayfabe workings. So someone's on the production desk right now. Yeah. So it's the, it's that moment that just that just takes you out of the suspension yeah. of disbelief and makes you start questioning the logic of the show a little bit, which is never a good thing. But despite that, the lights come back up and you get the 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 masked people swarming the ring. They've got MJF. Samojo comes out and just kind of pulls one of them and grabs a bat, and then the rest of them scamper, and that's it. That's basically the whole segment, uh, aside from the very last part of it. But that's the attack part of the segment. And that, to me, was a bit undermined because mm-hmm. they didn't do anything. If they'd have come out and actually successfully attacked MJF, they'd have hit him with his with his his cane or whatever, something to like actually affect him. I think it would have been a bit more impactful. But the fact that they're like, we're going to do something, but here's Joe who just kind of hooks the leg of one of them. And like, oh, that's it. Uh, okay. Yeah. They just didn't accomplish much. So what? let's just call them the devil faction for now. Sure, yeah. They have had a lot. Yes, in recent times. Absolutely. You know, they've been beating up people. They've looked strong. They've looked, you know, mostly cool. They've been very protected mm-hmm. or, or limited in, in what you see. So, yeah, to see them in their first proper... Is this the first proper in-ring thing? Yeah, so. Everything else yeah. has been backstage, I'm yeah. pretty sure. For for Joe to so easily dispatch them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If so, I don't care how many friends I've got with me, how many of my devil mask boys I have. Samoa Joe's coming at me with a bat... I'm sprinting in the other direction. For sure, yeah. But that's me. The devil, I feel, has been built up to an extent where they're a threat. Just yeah. because imagine... I'm not saying they, they did a bad thing, mm. but it's like you did a 70%, 80% version when you, we could be talking here of, oh my God, they attacked Max. Mm-hmm. He's injured. Joe tried to save Max, and then they beat up Joe too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. It would have made them seem like they're the biggest threat. Mm. Like one of the things that I think really sticks in my mind, the thing that I would compare it to is the beatdowns that the Shield did when they first debuted in WWE, where they just had this intensity yeah. that you just couldn't oh, yeah. match. And they just came in and they were, you know, fists flying everywhere and they were beating everyone down and they were doing putting people through tables and all that stuff. If you had that kind of same chaotic energy for this devil faction, I think it would really cement them as like these are people to mm. take seriously, but this kind of feels like it's always the setup to. It's almost like when when a villain does their monologue, and you're like, "This is for the the person to come save them." It's like we're going to hit you at some point, Max, with this bat. Oh no, Samoa Joe's here! It's like you should have just hit him. Like there shouldn't mm. been any waiting. It, it always feels like it's a setup for the babyface to come make the save. You know. Well, I, there's another way to do this. I saw one person speculate. They didn't really beat up Max. Mm. And they were like, well, maybe mm-hmm. the devil could still be Max. I don't think that is the way they're going. <laughs> no. But you could at least tease that possibility. Still. Sure. So, yeah, they, Joe comes in to save them. They beat up Joe. Mm. And they're going to hit Max in the head. Actually just puts the bat down. Yeah. Tap on the head. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Walks off. And then walk off. That would uh, been cool. But yeah, and, and then, like, I get that you want to set up the tag match for next week. You do that for me later on in the show from the from the dressing room. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm we so will angry. see you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what happened after that? Joe chased off the uh, 
the devil faction. I thought we'd then gone to a break mm. because it cut to black. It just for, cut, yeah, for like ten seconds. It was a technical error. They're in. They're in our walls, Ollie. I will say, I thought they did that really well. They did, yes. The the commentary going like, oh, "Sorry about these technical issues. It's something internal." Mm-hmm. And it felt like they're in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, and then in courier typeface, like typewriter font, mm-hmm. just typed onto the screen. Um, what are the exact words? Will you face the unknown in a tag match? Are you a hero, Max? Mm, yeah. And then Max was like, yes. Uh, despite Joe saying, don't you dare. Don't you dare book a tag match for us. And MJF was like, yeah, you're on. So next week, Joe and Max in a tag match against presumably two of this devil faction. Yeah. Where Max threatened to unmask the devil. Do you think he's going to be unmasking people on his way to the devil? I mean, that's a, that actually that's a good point. That is a classic MJF storyline. Mm-hmm. You have a series of people, increasingly difficult challenges, yep. and then you get to a final boss. Yeah. It was the same way with the firm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I well, think... That's, that's a, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, works most of the it time. It works most of the time. <laughs> 70% of the time, it works every time. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Max and Joe win next week. They unmask whoever they're facing, which then leads to the week after, which is winter is coming, mm. which is where we might actually get the reveal of the devil themselves. Yeah, winter is coming, typically a really big angle every year. And that's where Sting debuted. Mm-hmm. That's where Kenny won the belt from. It's actually all the same episode. That's just the same show, yeah. That, my God, Sting debuted, mm-hmm. Kenny won the belt from Mox, yeah. and then said, I'm going to TNA. Yeah. <laughs> And turned heel and sided with Don Callis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of my. That is what probably one of my heard. favorite episodes yeah. of wrestling TV of all time. I can remember on that day <sighs> when we were coming up with what should the news be that day, and I was like, <laughs> "I'm going to wait until Ollie's finished watching Dynamite." We so I was have like, quite well, a we, few. we might have something to talk about from Dynamite. <laughs> and then you were like, "Oh, Kenny Turn! Oh, Sting!" And you were talking all in caps. It was great. So that was 2020. What that was 20, in 2021. That 20 or 21? Yeah, it's got to be. That was 20, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. What's my? Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I can't. I can't. I'm sure they do something. Twenty-one or twenty-two? What happened on those shows, gang? Chat. What I'm happened? Sure they'll tell us in a bit. Yeah. But the uh, yeah. So uh, that feels like a really big deal. I mean, I, although I had like a little bit of not not even criticism. Just mm-hmm. oh, you could have. I feel like you could have gone in a bigger way mm-hmm. with the Devil Faction. I'm really intrigued to see what they do next week and 100%. the week after, and then beyond that, the stuff with Joe. I think the Joe Max storyline and relationship is on point. And then just, like MJF storylines are so layered, and they involve so many different people. It's like that's that's a whole month of TV. I cannot wait to see. Mm. I'm super intrigued as to where this is going and even if this hasn't been the best wrestling story ever it's still a very oh, good yeah. story and i'm i'm super intrigued about it i i genuinely don't know where they're going my only issue is i don't know who they could reveal to be mm. the devil where i won't be like oh okay because <clears throat> i don't if it's like jack perry i'm gonna be like oh, yeah all right if it's if it's adam cole i'll be like okay that's interesting that's fun if it's MGF, I'm going to be like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. If it's, I don't know, who are some other people that are theorizing? Should I, should I just read you through the roster? Yeah. We could do a three count like this. We could do. Predicting everybody's <laughs> chances of being the devil in three just words do or all less. of WWE as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, AEW roster. So are we, are we going to rule out Punk? Yes. Okay. Obviously. Imagine if it's Punk. What a swerve. QT Marshall. Yeah. They've just paid WWE so much money to have Punk on their show <laughs> to swerve them to get him back. Okay, I'm only going to say Adam Cole, Adam Copeland. Nah. So, okay, Luke had a theory in the office today that it's Britt Baker. <sighs> he's been banging that I know for he ages. has. And Brian saying, Danielson. And he's saying it's going to be Britt, Sammy, and Jack Perry as like the pillars thing and then mm. it's going to force MGF to team with Darby Allen against that as like a pillars infighting thing. I mean it's a, it's a great story. Which is I interesting. I don't think this is the story to no, to do that in. I don't think so either. Chris Jericho, I think he's the front runner now. I'm saying oh that loud. Oh god, it's going to be Jericho, isn't it? 
You know what? Uh, when I was writing up my review afterwards, I thought, God, this was a hell of a good show. Mm. Jericho wasn't on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a weird coincidence. And I like Jericho, but, well, you know. Uh, Christopher Daniels, of course, he, he was going to be God mm, at one point, yeah, wasn't yeah. he? Could very um, well be the devil instead. Dan Housen. Yeah, there's just not anyone really that's that's popping. My one that I would like is Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, I think that, that works would, nicely. That, I think that'd be neat. It works nicely. There's just, there's a lot of people that like. Oh yeah, storyline wise, that mm-hmm. works nicely. But maybe it's our fault. The expectations are sort of running away mm-hmm. with with themselves. Absolutely. But to me, I think Kyle O'Reilly would fulfill those because he was on a pretty big run before he got injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd love Kyle O'Reilly. Plus, it would be a return rather mm-hmm. than just like, a, oh, it's this person who's always on the roster. Yeah. It's like, a, oh, yes, he's back from injury. And he's the devil. Oh, my God. And he's in a main event picture. That for me is like, oh, what a what a moment kind of thing rather than a... What a moment. Rather than a, oh, okay, I guess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, should we see what everyone's saying on the Omega chats under the very uh, witty headline in our doc here of pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. Justin says them saying the tech stuff was hijacked. Oh, God. Made me think of Sammy Callahan. There it is. What if they tell the story of him coming into AEW and recruiting people like Wardlow, Sammy, Darby, etc., who have issues with Max? Sammy Callahan used to be... Solomon Crowe. Solomon Crowe. A hacker gimmick in NXT. Yeah. I'm coming round to Callahan more and more. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I love, I'm love. i such a huge fan of him. Mm. I just wouldn't want to bring him in at a level that people just go, who's this guy? Yeah. Totally. Uh, oh, this next person, their username has been lost. So please do tell the moderators and we'll give you a shout out. Uh, in a world, I'd like to see this as Osprey and the United Empire under the mask. In reality, it's probably going to be something stupid like Glock Anderson. <laughs> but in a perfect world, it would have been nice to see Osprey trade one UE United Empire for another United Empire. So one faction for another. So it's an un- a United Empire for a undisputed era is that what you say oh yeah that's, that's like nice. a like a ue for a ue what uh would you like to see osprey <clears throat> i think it, it wouldn't be anticlimactic for it to be osprey because you go main event guy makes straight sense straight for the title straight for the title like that's good would it make sense 
I don't know. Not yeah. really. It doesn't really fit in Osprey's character. No. But maybe Osprey's like, wow, I get to go to AEW where it's not so like sports mm. like New Japan. Yeah. I've always wanted to do an over-the-top devil gimmick. Sure, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, let's do a few of the others. Kid Kid Cutty. I know Ollie said there was this was a focused episode of Dynamite, but I feel the exact opposite. The last few episodes of AEW TV have been weird. There have been a lot of heel versus heel, heel versus tweener, which the crowd mostly cheers for the heel, and babyface versus babyface matches. Top Flight just got back and their first opponents are the Hardy Party. Why not Butcher and Blade or some other heel team? Random matches for the women with no story. Penta is lost in the Lucha Rotation Party. And what's most upsetting? setting as this. How did Tony Khan decide to capitalise on Swerve's mega heel potential? He put them in a tournament where, in his first two matches, he's the de facto babyface. What the F? The devil acting like the hacker from Retribution and then scurrying away for one guy? Man, beat Joe's ass too. Lol. I agree with the last bit of that. I don't think that was the devil. Or maybe it was. Maybe it was supposed to be the devil that came out. I'm not sure because mm. the camera angle couldn't, I couldn't really tell what it was supposed to be, whether it was a goon or whether it was the actual devil themselves. But I do think they shouldn't have run away as quickly. Um, I disagree with a lot of the rest of it though, because I really enjoy the thing I love about tournaments mm. is that you get these unusual matchups that you wouldn't see normally. And that's what makes it special and, and interesting. And you see these like people who are friends who have to fight each other, or you see like, oh, he'll seal. Who do I want to see win this match? And then you get like, oh, people are really cheering for Swerve because he's awesome. And I disagree that Swerve has the mega heel potential because people love Swerve. It doesn't matter what Swerve does. He can invade someone's house and cut a promo on a baby. People are going to cheer him because he's Swerve bloody Strickland. So I think they're capitalizing on it by making him the de facto babyface matches to see if he's going to be a babyface star. That's teasing for the future, I think. Yeah, I think they're, they're going with... I, I mean, this tournament's been plotted out. Who Who's mm. against who and in what order? Maybe... That hangman swerve match was designed to start getting swerve babyface reactions. Meltzer's been saying for ages. That spot where Strickland walks through the staples, you don't book that if you're smart in a match without plans to go, he's turning face later. later 100%. On. Or at least not face, but tweener. Yeah. And and the thing is, I know that it's not correct to say that babyfaces and heels don't exist anymore mm. because I don't think that's true. People quite clearly have defined roles in things. But there's a lot more acceptance of cheering heels these days than there are, than there was in the past because we're much more aware of the characters and the acting that people do and the you know the wrestling ability that people have and it's appreciated by fans mm -hmm. more. So you can cheer heels now and it's okay. People will book around it. It's totally acceptable to have a heel versus heel where one is slightly more babyface than the other. I think that's totally fine. And like you said, it's a function of tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the middle stuff, it's that's been going on for for years. Mm. So I, you know, that's not new to me. I think you just it sounds like you're not getting on with the the, the tournament mm. uh, idea, and the, you know the the devil stuff, which we we agree with. Dan versus Ollie, book it, Vince <laughs> says this tournament. I like it, but it's very annoying. This should be their RR Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble G1. Uh, the Owen title could be like the X Division gift of the gods. The winner is guaranteed a world title match. Also continental, intercontinental. Man. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't want to crown a champion after this. I want this this tournament to be every year, and it crowns the number one contender for Revolution. That is the way to do it. And that, I think, is the biggest problem. The biggest problem I have with the C2 right now is the stakes. Mm -hmm. Everything else about it is great. Goose Egg, Menberg for six months. Swerve going from one of the best heels to a huge face in about a month without changing. He's too badass to be hated. It's really Stone Cold-esque. He's too badass mm. to be hated. That's exactly yeah. it. He's so effing good. Uh, well, keep getting in your chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show while we get into the play-by-play -play review. Mm. Uh, opened with John Moxley versus Jay Lethal in the C2 tournament. Uh, Jay Lethal. Mm -hmm. Massive respect for him. Yeah. Love him. He, you know, ROH champion, 
Long time, mm-hmm. Truth Martini Act, great stuff. I've seen some fantastic matches with Jay Lethal. But this year's Jay Lethal is Team TNA Goofy Heel Jay Lethal. He shouldn't be in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Every time he comes out, granted it's only been two weeks, I know he's not getting a point. Yeah, And also, it just gets me thinking, why is Kenny not in this? Mm-hmm. Why is Hangman not in this? Yeah, Loads of other names should have been in here over him. I think that he has been included for someone to beat. Yeah. He is there for other people to beat him. And that is his whole role, which is a shame. And I think it is someone who's very good at wrestling, who oh, put yeah. on good matches and still lose. But I feel like you could have done that with somebody else who would have added a lot more intrigue into the tournament. Potentially they get one, maybe two wins. And that's a bit more intrigue for everybody else. Uh, the, the match was good. I, just, I, re- I yeah. actually really <clears throat> liked this match. Really, re- I just think this is like a really solid four-star TV Ooh. match. TV match. Oh, Not do you have different scales? Ad breaks ruin everything. <laughs> so a four-star TV match is like, this is really good, solid stuff. They told a really good psych- psychology-wise mm. story, working over Mox's knee, really helped by Brian Danison on commentary oh, yeah. because he is a god's gift on commentary. And just like Moxley did a dive and he like bent backwards a bit after it. And they were like, oh, I think he tweaked the knee there. And instantly Mox is selling the mm. knee. I was like, Danison, you're a genius. I love this man. And then just like Lethal just worked over the knee the whole time. And Mox kept selling it in really subtle ways. It was really good. And a really good finish yep. of him uh, kicking out and going immediately into a bulldog choke. It was just just a really good match. Just some good professional wrestling. For me, this tournament should be banger after banger after banger. Mm-hmm. And while this was a good match, you know, Dynamite is full of those. Mm. Dynamite's full of great matches. Yeah. So for me, this this stuff isn't reaching what the the standard for this should be. But yeah, I totally agree on the Danielson commentary. It was the best thing in this match. It's so one good. of the best things of the whole night. God, he's so good. I love that man. And also, I get more out of it because I instantly care more when there's a tournament. Mm. It's just the way, oh, yeah. it's just the the way my brain works. Even if the stakes are a, a belt that I don't really care about. If it's in a tournament people are getting points, I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> I don't need any more stakes. Uh, we got a, a promo from Eddie Kingston, which was taped after Collision, where, of course, Brody King beat him. Mm. And Eddie Kingston put up two of his belts, yeah. rather idiotically, <sighs> to make this new Triple Crown mm-hmm. champion. And Eddie's in the corridor afterwards, dejected, saying like maybe maybe i got too cocky why did i do that with the belt no don't worry you can you can do this eddie i've got to get ahead of the eight ball and Mm -hmm. you know trying to self-talk himself up against this saturday's match Mm -hmm. eddie kingston versus brian danielson yay cuts back to the arena danielson still on commentary he cuts a fantastic interview Mm -hmm. about how i've got a broken face (laughs) I've got a broken face and I'm not whining or yeah. having self-doubt. I'm going to beat you, Eddie Kingston, on Saturday. Yeah. Grow a pair. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Kingston in his promo was just like, you know, got to be humble in victory, humble in defeat, yeah. whatever. And Daniel's like, I'm not being humble. I'm coming <laughs> to win. Like, it's really good. And it, like that, that was the first bit where I was like, okay, new champion. Because <laughs> Danielson said, I'm coming to win and become the first ever triple crown champion. Yeah. It's like, because when, when the wrestlers get over that these belts mean something to them, makes me believe in it. Yeah. Uh, I still think it's a mistake. Yes. Tony Schiavone's backstage and he talks about Revolution, which is going to have Sting's last match. Mm-hmm. I'm winking for the podcast. Sting's last match. Sting's last match. He's going to show up in WWE by the end of 2024. <laughs> it's going to be in the Greensboro Coliseum. A great little historic detail which they explained to us because that was the site of Sting's first ever world title match against Ric Flair in 1988. Awesome. Really good. Really great idea to mm. have this. They had Sting and Flair there both talking about the significance this segment was very unscripted and you could <laughs> you could tell um <laughs> but you know it's nice it's it nice. was it's, nice it's nice for sting and uh, well less flair but it's nice for sting um i think for this yes. and that's fine sting was like oh yeah i'm just it's just great he was talking off the cuff oh absolutely. in quite a rambly way yeah and, f- and rick obviously didn't know what tone to take so he just cut a wrestling promo yeah. on i think greensboro yeah i don't know 
Um, Greenborough doesn't even say it properly, yeah. does he? The, the consortium. I don't. Not here. I don't have <coughs> much patience for Ric Flair anymore. But. Uh, also, I never knew. That was the first time wrestling was done commercial free. Yeah, for 45 minutes, commercial free. It was crazy. Yeah, I learned something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I felt like this This felt important now. Mm. This feels like a big deal. Yeah. And they're doing this sort of work three and a half months out from the actual match. It's an early March. March 3rd? March 3rd. March 3rd. So yeah, I'm... Oof. Yeah. It's going to be a big night, Sting's retirement. I mean, they hyped it up a lot of full gear. Mm. And they were saying, like, come on, guys, it's the last time Sting's going to be performing yeah. in California. Have the celebration bit in the ring afterwards. It's like, there's going to be a really big deal at Revolution next year. We got <coughs> our second Continental Classic match, which was Mark Briscoe versus Roosh. I started writing in my notes mm -hmm. because the stuff, the tournament matches last week I enjoyed, but you know they weren't G1 level, mm -hmm. which is what I thought we were going to get. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's just, well, they're normal dynamite quality matches with stakes. Mm -hmm. And I started to write this after the Moxley Lethal match, which mm -hmm. I obviously wasn't impressed by, to the, to the right extent for me. And then as soon as the bell rang for this match, I was like, okay, no, no, we're here now. Yeah, no, this is great. This match was baller. I love this. They just came out and beat the piss out of each other. It was so good. Because they came out with such fire and intensity. Because Roosh was pissed off and just came out and just started chopping. Just, I'm, go I'm going to murder you. Some insane chops The as crowd well. went nuts. They were like, oh my God, that chop was so loud. That chop was so loud. Uh, it was awesome. It was so good. So much fire and intensity for the whole duration of the match as well. It's not like they started hot and then dropped mm. off. They just kept going for the whole thing. Roosh like threw him to the floor, like an overhead throw to the floor off the apron. Yeah. It was rad. Um, and Roosh won with the bull's horns at the end. It was such a fun match. There was a, a spot in it as well, just before the ad break, where Briscoe, they've just done it. I can't remember what the move was, but they're both down. And Mark Briscoe's gum falls out onto the canvas. Canvas isn't the most sanitary place in the world. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of sweat, a lot of skin, a lot of blood, a lot of phlegm, a lot of bodily fluids. And loads of people get infections from wrestling mats. And Mark Briscoe, with his mouth, <laughs> yeah. eats the gum back into his mouth. And this happens as Excalibur is throwing to the break. <laughs> and I don't know if this was on the broadcast, but because we watch the UK fight feed, mm -hmm. we get everything that's in the ad breaks. And Excalibur, Danielson, and Taz are cracking up mm -hmm. about how gross that was. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, this was good. Um, really great match. But when I was listening to Alvarez's review, it, he said that Roosh has only one style of match. Mm -hmm. And that's great. That's what he does. It's yeah. his style. Yeah. And if you can't keep up with Roosh, you get eaten alive. Yeah. And he, I, when he said that, I was like, yeah, like the Jungle Boy match. Mm. Jungle Boy got the crap beaten out of him. Yeah. Because Roosh is just like 11 in, on the intensity scale from yeah. the start. Yeah. And he just stays there. Yeah. And it's like Roosh came in with that. I'm like, yeah, I'm Roosh. Come on. And Mark Briscoe's like, yeah, sure. Okay. All right, fine. And he went right <laughs> back at him. Yeah. Oh, was, yeah. Really, really good match. Yeah. Three points to Roosh. Yeah. Good. Um, <clears throat> I, I think it's. It's adding to the the Mark Briscoe story as well. I hope he gets. I hope. I, I hope he gets a win in the tournament because I think that'll be a really nice feel good moment, especially if it's over like a really big name or something where everyone's like, "Well, he's definitely not winning this one," and just like gets a shock roll. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, he did it!" Like kind of thing. I think that would be really really fun. Yeah, because uh, one of the beauties of tournament booking is it doesn't have to end with the tournament. No. Whoever he beats, mm. that could spin off into a proper story. Absolutely. For, for Briscoe, who would you have it be with? White's beaten him, Roosh has beaten him. So you've got Swerve, you've got Moxley, and you've got Lethal. I would say he could either Mox or Swerve. I think Mox. Yeah, I think Mox. Because Mox won't lose anything out of that. Yeah. Because Mox will come right back and he can do one match. You go, oh, cool, he's Mox, it doesn't yeah. matter. Genuinely, Mox maybe being a bit beat down from his previous match, whatever it is. And then Briscoe comes in and out of nowhere gets a roll up after a great match, like 15 minutes. Maybe the time's run, running mm. really close, like 18, 19 minutes. Gets a roll up and Mox is like, no, yeah. it's like one little mistake and that's it. But Briscoe gets that big feel good win. I would love that. Especially if Mox, even if he doesn't win the whole thing, mm. um, he can 
Or if he, if he does, be like, well, the only person to have pinned me in this whole tournament is Mark Briscoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's your feud. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got RJ City interviewing <coughs> Tony Storm. She's hung over from her title celebrations the previous week. And RJ said that she'll be defending her title next week. Mm-hmm. Um, he took off Tony's shoes and the crowd cheered. You weird, weird people. Yeah. Uh, she had swollen feet mm. because of all her partying. Yeah. So please take off my shoes, Arjun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not getting anything out of these Tony Storm segments. I like them. They're funny. Apart from RJ City. <laughs> I love this man. I think he can become the J- the modern day Jeremy Borash. Sure. As like a yeah. like Renee's Renee's her own thing. Mm-hmm. But like when I think of great backstage interviewers with character, you know, Mean Gene, obviously, mm-hmm. then no one for ages. Yeah. Maybe a bit of Kevin Kelly in there, but he's a better commentator. But then you got Borash, then you got Rene, mm-hmm. and I think RJ could be in that that Mount Rushmore. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, we got the MJF promo. We've already covered it, but would you like to talk more about the Joe promo? Um, no. <laughs> we, we we covered it. It was real good. I yeah, I, I really enjoyed all of this. It was really good. I'm I'm excited for for uh, next week's tag match. See where it's going to go. Um, but then we had a continuation, which I think is very interesting. Oh yes, because then we had a Wardlow match, mm. and Wardlow came out. And you're like, his hair looks a little bit messy. It's almost as if, like, he's just taken off a ski mask or something. Yeah. You know, like he's just like he's been a, a little bit, a little bit frazzled. You know, so maybe, maybe Wardlow's one of the guys that was just chased off by Samoa Joe. No one's, no one's really talking about Wardlow because I, I don't think anyone wants it to be Wardlow. <laughs> I mean, again, it's one of those where it's like it would make sense, yeah. But also, but Wardlow's character and what I've really enjoyed about his his most recent run is that he's not someone who's going to hide behind something. He's mm. just full in your face. I'm a killer. Yeah. So then to go around this hugely contrived plot, yeah, to get to Max, I, I don't. I don't think that works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're totally right, because Wardlow usually does have quite neat hair. Mm. Uh, he killed AR Fox. It was great. AR Fox got in a little bit of offense, but Wardlow hit a Swanton bomb, mm. uh, a couple of power bombs, and the last ride. Great. Love Famously, that. one of the moves wrestlers hate taking the most. Mm-hmm. But he did it. Thanks, AR Fox. Yeah. Um, it was great. Ended with referee stoppage. Air Fox mm. did a 450 for a one <laughs> count. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, really good. I thought what Wardlow's facials, just everything about his performance. I think this is this is prime Wardlow. It's best me. Wardlow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Dante Martin got a very nice uh, return from from an awful injury back. Uh, was it this year? Close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised he's back so soon. Yeah. Top flight and action Andretti. Versus the Hardys and Brothers, eh? Mm-hmm. This was just a you know, really nicely booked match. Dante Martin doesn't get the tag in for a while. Hot tag gets to run wild, ultimately wins. Mm-hmm. thought Hardys did a good job here working not heel, but mm-hmm. as the antagonists yes. to a super babyface team. Absolutely. I thought this was a really fun match, and they are so quick, and I swear that Dante somehow can now jump higher than he could <laughs> before. It's ridiculous. That man is insane. I think they put Love it. something in his ankles. Yeah, it's like little springs. Yeah. Or he just shoots up more. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, really fun <laughs> match, though. And then, and then, and then, and then, mm. backstage, you've got Top Flight and Action Andre. Here comes Penta. Here's Vikingo. Here's Commander. Like, oh, fun. I'm looking forward to that match. Penta just goes one, two, three. Yeah. And he looks at himself and he goes one. And then that's how they walk in. Two, yeah. three. It was a cool thing, but he should have said Uno Dos Tres. Well, yeah, that would have been cool. But uh, still, though, I have managed to be really stupid. I love it. It'll be really fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that just just in this, I just thought, just wanted to bring it up. Mm. We are probably near a year since Jericho got beaten by Action Andretti, <laughs> and Andretti was Lol. in this match with Top Flight, mm-hmm. and I just thought, that's what a waste. What was the point? Well, the point was to make Action Andretti a star. Yeah, but if you're not going to follow up on it, did for a week. Yeah, if you're not going to follow up on it, yeah. what's the point? The yeah. wins and lo- okay, you know when people say wins and losses don't matter, 
they're wrong, wins and losses wins and losses matter. Sometimes. Wins and losses matter if you follow up on it. Yeah. If you actually care about it, then they matter. And they should matter. But if you just have Action Andretti beat Chris Jericho and then they go, and you're done. Yeah. Nothing is achieved. Because Jericho is still Jericho. Yeah. Nothing matters. Silly. Uh, Julia Hart then took on Emi Sakura in a house rules match. Yeah. Which I, a stipulation that I was really on board with. Mm-hmm. And they just never did it right for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. But Julia Hart, yeah. The house rules stipulation means that the opponent can pick their one rule that they added. Mm-hmm. And Emi Sakura's was can't win via submission. Because mm-hmm. Julia Hart's sense. got a, a thing. Yeah. And it's such a fascinating way to book Julia mm-hmm. because she's she's a goth, mm-hmm. like, but she's not a heel. Not anymore. Not anymore. She definitely was. She was, yeah. I think the house rule stipulation is a great babyface thing to do. Or a badass. It's, it's like an open challenge. Mm. It's like, you give me a disadvantage and I will still win. Yeah. That's a cool thing to do. A badass babyface thing to do. And it works when you book them as babyfaces. The whole weird thing, that's why the House of Black house rules thing didn't quite work, because mm-hmm. they were always heels. And they were like, well, the opponents need to pick a stipulation. Like, wait, what? something didn't quite connect with the rule stipulations. And they never did it properly. Yeah, it's, but, it's also like the the no, none of the opponents actually took advantage of it. Yeah. They'll pick it like, oh, I guess we'll have this then. Yeah, <laughs> um, and that's like part of the problem, is you don't want to give House of Black too much of a disadvantage, because then they'd be... Ba- you yeah, have yeah, more yeah. impetus to cheer them as baby faces, so it was like it doesn't, doesn't work. But this, this works, and this really worked in this match. Emmy Sakura slapped yeah. Julia Hart once, and she dropped like a sack of potatoes. And she, uh, the camera zoomed in, and one of her eyelashes had come off, and it was across her face. So like she slapped her eyelash off. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, but it was really good. Really, really enjoyed this match. Julia's so over. I am so impressed with Julia Hart. Mm. I. She's gotten so good, mm-hmm. and I, th- I was, I didn't see Wrestle Dream uh, live because mm. I was off. So I, it's like I went to Japan when Julia Hart's doing this, you know, it's kind of cute gimmick thing. She'd mm-hmm. been off for a bit as well, and whatever. To me, she's still the vasty blonde yeah, yeah, person yeah. who's doing a goth act for a bit, mm-hmm. and then she'll go back to her previous thing. I come back and everyone's like, oh my God, Julia Hart should win the title. <laughs> I'm like, what happened while I was gone? But now I, I'm, I'm totally on board with it. Yeah. She's a, she's a good wrestler. Yeah. Her fe- like in the way she performs her character, she's got charisma. Mm. I'm, I, I'm blown away by her, yeah. to be honest. Uh, she's really, really good. I thought this was a slightly odd finish in this match in the, like, uh, she did the submission and everything, which makes sense. House rules, you can't win by submission, but wore her down. And then went to do a moonsault, but like positioned Sakura a bit too close. So then she went too far and Sakura had to roll into mm. the moonsault. Like it was a bit weird and clunky, but it, it worked. It, she did it and it won and it was fine. Um, but yeah, but still really great. I, I love seeing Julie Hart on my screen. She's awesome. Mariah May is backstage with RJ City and she's been very flirtatious because RJ is going to hook up Mariah May with Tony Khan. So... Mariah can get a booking mm-hmm. of a match. So yeah. she can show AEW what she can do. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, Great fun. character work. Yeah, Love it. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, Christian then comes out with five rubbish-looking security <laughs> guards. A couple of them were fine. But usually, like, usually it's a wrestling show. Okay, what's the local wrestling school? Who are your five biggest jacked guys mm-hmm. that Copeland can spear? Yeah. It's like they went out their way to not put the super buff guys in this security detail. It's like Michael Oku are all in. Don't... I'm <laughs> sorry, Oku. Don't come at me. I'm still salty about Fantasy Booking Warfare. But the, I think it was all by design because this, this segment was brilliant. I'll just do a quick mm-hmm. rundown play-by-play. Christian comes out. He has this, the five security officers and he calls down Copeland. And Copeland is there. He's like, come on, you know, let's... He's angry. Mm-hmm. He's beaten up Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus with concertos. Sorry, kill switch, kill switch on collision. And Christian says, actually, security, you can go away. It wasn't mm-hmm. my call for you to be here. Mm-hmm. It totally of course was. it was. Yeah. <laughs> and Christian says to Copeland, look, after everything you did on collision, I, I reflected. And you're right. I'm sorry. 
and he starts playing on their shared career and their personal friendship. They became the greatest tag team that ever lived, two greatest careers in wrestling, their best friends. Uh, Copeland grew up with a single mum. <gasps> oh, big reaction to that. And Christian is like, well, well, I'm being, you know, he doesn't say this, but yeah. just with the flick of his hand, he's like, I'm being serious here. And that's why we're brothers mm-hmm. because my dad became your father. Mm-hmm. And he's just doing this hot, like, a really grossly sincere act. And you never believe it for one second. Not for a second. But damn, he's delivering it well. It's so good. And he says they're not two random guys thrown together. They were family. And Adam, your mum passed away several years ago. Mm -hmm. Ooh, reaction from the crowd. And that's when Copeland starts to get teary. Mm -hmm. He looks away from Christian. She wanted to see us tag together one more time. Let's do that for her. And you just you just know what's coming. Yeah. Christian's getting the belt ready as he's saying this about Edge's dead mum. Mm-hmm. And he goes to hit Edge. Edge turns around, kicks him in the dick. <laughs> and then, Sorry coming. Yeah. yeah. And then just says, next week, I'm going to win your TNT title. Also, go F yourself. Yeah. So good. So good. What a home run segment. It was perfect. Yeah. Like the the... Because he picks up the man, he goes, nice try, dumbass. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's just, just like his no-selling of of Christian's faux emotions was great. The callback to the go F yourself line from the start of the feud was really good. Because that's what Copeland wanted. He, they, we should tag. And Christian was like, no. And now Christian's like, we should tag. And Copeland's like, no, you've ruined it. Absolutely not. Great segment. I'm really looking forward to their TNT title match. Yeah, yeah. Really looking forward to it. This this whole, I mean, the whole feud since Full Gear, it's two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but since, like, we got past the Sting Show section, mm. we're back to Edge and Christian, and it is so, so good. It's great. Yeah, this, just this prolonged, sniveling heel act. He's got a long, long, long explanation why we, we should be together, Copeland, and then very succinctly, mm-hmm. no Go F yourself, mm-hmm. I'm winning your title. Yeah. Perfect contrast of the two styles of men. And also, Christian called him Luchasaurus <gasps> and then corrected himself. was like, uh, kill switch. Oh, That's so a great tease. Good. So good. <laughs> Do you think we get a title change next week? Yes. I think yeah. we do. In Montreal, of all places. I think so. I think we have Copeland with the TNT title after next week. Hmm. I think... I think you could do it there, or you could do some kill switch, Nick Wayne and shenanigans. You do the the big match at World's End. At World's End, yeah. Could see that as well. Or have Copeland win, have the rematch at World's End. absolutely. Either works, I think. I think they've got a lot for this storyline now. I think there's potential for there to be shenanigans involving kill switch, where he could save Christian and doesn't. And it's not like a turn. Mm. It's not like, a, oh, I'm leaving you. But it's a, he didn't do as much as he could have. Yeah. And Christian takes it up with him and be like, why didn't you save me kind of thing? Like, it's yeah. dissension. Copeland still wins, but it's not an overt turn yet. It just furthers that dissension between them. And you do leave enough in the tank there for a Christian rematch. Absolutely. Because. Yes. Because there was enough mm. momentum for him to potentially win at some point. Yeah, so yeah, many, yeah. They're, they're, I love it when you can go in several different ways and all of them I'm excited yeah. by. And I suspect they've got an even better one. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And the main event was Jay White versus Swerve Strickland. Danielson's back out for commentary. Final C2 match of the night. Prince Nana makes his return, doing mm. his dance on his so good. crutch. Uh, yeah, like this, the chat said earlier, Swerve was working face pretty much yeah because as i've written in my notes i'm sorry mod mother swerves the f-ing man he just is all right peter i'm sorry peter but he, he is the man swerve is so good right now at this moment in time he is my favorite wrestler in the world yeah he is so good and there's one point in this match where swerve just gets this flurry of offense and just does this really quick sequence of moves and i just went I, I was completely speechless. I was like, he's the guy. He's well, the man right now. I think I know the sequence where he's doing the sort of capiara. Capiara? Capoeira. 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 Uh, transitions and just moving him like little mini cartwheels yeah, yeah, and yeah. kicks. Uh, the bit I liked the most in his offense was he gets a, uh, he gets like 
Jay White into the pentastyle kill shot arm break spot. Mm -hmm. And he just points his fingers at Jay White like a gun. And Swerve almost looks at the crowd like, should I? Should I? Yeah. Because I'm gonna. Yeah. (laughs) And then he he stomps Jay White's arm. (sighs) So Badass. You sick F chance. Oh, it's beautiful. And what I like about that part of his offense is that's not a babyface act. That is... That's a that's a heelish act. Yeah. And Swerve is not losing any of that edge that he had, yet he is still he's having his cake and eating it, isn't he? Because mm. he's getting cheered now as a baby face. When really it's a it's a badass tweener. Yeah. But he's still getting to do morally reprehensible things. Because mm-hmm. people like MJF. People like cheering villains. Mm. They it's just a fun thing to do now. And actually, the dynamic with Jay White's really good because Jay White is the old... He's the villain's villain. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't care about getting cheers. He's going to go out of his way to not pop the audience in any degree. He actively did it in this match because he was getting them to pop for Swerve because he kept mocking him going, whose house? And the crowd were like, Swerve's house! Uh, Yeah! Like, really (laughs) popping for Swerve. White was just purposefully egging them on. He's so good. There was a bit when... um, was it Jay White got thrown into the audience and mm. a, a man just didn't let him go? <laughs> Don't do that, fans. Is what I'll say. Swerve, it felt like Swerve was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let, let him go, mate. <laughs> um, I, what I really liked in this one, though, on Jay White's name card when he came out, it said, cheated to beat Roosh. Ah. So they are really putting over that Jay White cheated to win in that match. And as a reminder, here's a little video package of Jay White cheating mm. to beat Roosh before. And then they have in this match, referee, the same spot. Referee goes into the corner, back is turned, goes for a low blow, Swerve counters it because he knows it's coming. Catches a leg and drops him. So good. Stories upon story. This is why yeah. tournaments are the best. Because you have so many concurrent stories happening at the same time and people have fleshed out characters. Tournaments are the best. And you can tell that that those little story beats within the physicality of, of the match from Absolutely. week to week. Yeah. In my head, Swerve obviously had that scouted because he obviously watched his mm-hmm. opponent's match from last week. Yeah. But also I like to think of, yeah, but also because Swerve's a heel. Mm. And Swerve's thinking, well, what would I do in this situation? Absolutely, right? I'd definitely low blow someone if the ref's back is turned. Mm-hmm. Uh, off, right off of that, though, Swerve had a little flurry, stomp, Jay White kicked out. Mm. Awesome near fall. Yeah. Uh, and then it felt like like there were a few more minutes of, oh my God, come on, let's go off the back of that. We get the five minute call, so 15 minutes into the match, and Swerve just gets a technical roll up on White to win. Yeah, that was after White hit a Blade Runner <laughs> oh, on yeah. Swerve, and then he rolled out of the ring. It was great to protect the Blade Runner as well. It was awesome. I thought White looked good in this match, even though he lost. Absolutely. And the the nature of the win, the technical roll-up, means, you know, White and he both men hit their finishers and neither got the pin on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's enough, a smartly booked match to leave enough in the tank for a rematch. But also, Jay White afterwards looked upset. Mm, absolutely deranged yeah. with, it, with how upset he was at losing this. And Jay White, because he's not got the bang-bang gang around him, because yeah. the yeah, sure. the C2... yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the C2 tournament. The rules are you can't have any outside people outside. Mm-hmm. He's Which a bit is a great rule, by the yeah, way. yeah, great rule. He's a he feels like a bit of a lone, lonely but quite scary figure. It's like, oh my god, so what's he gonna do then? Yeah, because when like when Jay White is backed into a corner, what does he do? Mm. Does he cower or does he fight out of it? And it looks like. Well, he fights out of it. Well, like, I, don't, I don't even think he fights out. Well, yeah. he fights out, but not in like a noble way. Mm. He's got yeah, a little no. shank. Yeah, he's, he's like, got he's a switchblade. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Um, I thought, looking at this matchup before the show started, I thought this might have been the first draw. Oh, yeah, I could have seen that. I thought this would have been the first draw mm. where both of them are at the top of their game. They're getting near falls and they just can't put each other away and the time runs out. I think I would have been okay with that. I'm very okay with this result mm. as well. Swerve's the man. I don't know if I've said that before. Um, and him having six points is amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes from here. I, w- I wonder what will be the first draw in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, will there be a draw? There should be. Um, Mox and Swerve are now top of the league mm. in the gold. So who, yeah. what are the matches next week? Do we know? Uh, I can only remember the ones for Collision. Mm. I don't know if we got the ones for Dynamite, because it was Danielson Kingston for <coughs> collision. There's uh, Claudio Brody King mm. as well. <laughs> and 
Oh, what's the other one for Collision? What's well, Gar? It must be Garcia. Uh, it's Garcia and um, Kingston, right? No, Kingston. No, it's Kingston Danielson. It's Garcia. The other one. Yeah, me and Luke kept forgetting who's who the, in blue. Who, who the sixth man was in blue. It's Claudio Brody, Danielson, Kingston, Garcia. I can't remember. Chat, help us out here. Come on, anybody. I think the chat might be frozen. <laughs> well, yeah, overall, I gave this 85%. I thought it was a terrific episode of wrestling television. Andrade. Andrade! There we are. Great matches across the board. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for any for all of those. Um, yeah, I, I love this episode. Yes, I thought this was great. Um, I mean, like I said before, simply when you're saying it feels more focused, I think it's because everything has a point. Mm. And because you have a tournament going on, it feels like you have a point to every match. Every match has stakes. Even if you don't agree with the stakes at the end of the tournament, you can feel that people care about a tournament and they want to get points, and that's why they're trying yeah. to fight and win. And up elsewhere, you have people fighting for belts. You have people doing return from injury. You have things that people care about across the whole show. And you have the story developing for the AW World title. Mm. This was just a, a good progressive wrestling show it's great and next week we've got montreal with the tnt title match yeah. and the week after that we got winter is coming Oof. great good, good couple of weeks coming up yeah hope so uh we've done all our patreon shout outs but please do go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk for loads of exclusive content mm. uh we had wrestle talk extra go up this week i think yesterday yeah with me and luke while we're reviewing survivor series 2014 but not just that because we also cover cm punk's art of wrestling shoot interview on that same show because it came out like a week after survivor series 2014 yeah and me and luke talk a lot about well you know do you think it ever come back to wwe <laughs> because that no, was you didn't because that was you recorded idiots. it was recorded the monday before survivor oh series. man that's crazy i love that you know he owes me 10 quid. We said legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he did say that, that you had until the number 30 spot in the Rumble to have Punk come back. Yeah. And after that, that was it. So yeah, go over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Uh, join there, you can get that. And we've got loads of treats coming up for mm. the festive period. Yes. But for now, last call for omega chats thuggernaut says we don't want jack we don't want wardlow and it can't be punk so who do we want the devil to be personally i want it to be tony khan i don't know where it goes from there but ha. you know that's the worst idea i've heard so far <laughs> me and luke were joking about that a few weeks ago but that is and I, I i sold myself on it by the end of it. i mean that is the vince higher power story yeah at that point every it's like a rule of wrestling Every promotion owner will eventually mm -hmm. become a heel authority figure in yeah. that promotion. Yeah. Eric but, and Bischoff didn't own it, but you know, he was in charge. Yeah. Uh, Vince, Dixie, mm -hmm. Ben Khan. Yeah. Triple H. Triple H. Yeah. Christoph says, Hey boys, I loved last night's Dynamite, but I was talking with a friend during the lethal match and I just thought, why isn't it Pentrins? That's a yeah that's the guy yeah why isn't it penta instead he brings a lucha style that's not in there true and it's penta i tell you yeah, i hadn't even thought of penta because i keep on thinking you know you've got names like moxley and danielson and swerve for me it's like who else is in that legit yeah. top title mix and it's hangman it's kenny yeah absolutely. jericho I'm not saying I want him in there. No, but... I wouldn't want him in there either. Uh, Oli Rodriguez Dolman, building on the stakes of the C2, I truly believe they need their own version of the Royal Rumble. It's called the Casino Battle Royal, Ollie. <laughs> it's not as good, though. No, Where it's the not. winner gets the main event slot at Wembley slash All In, and the C2 would have been the perfect fit for that rather than a made up title. Take care, lads. Heart hands emoji. I agree. Uh, I don't think it should be the main event of All In, though, because I think it's too far away. But I guess if you did it, yeah, if you you could do another sort of crowning tournament or match. Yes, agreed. <clears throat> Justin looked at Cage Match after seeing Britt's tweet. Only eleven out of the thirty women on AEW's active roster roster have wrestled on TV in the last month. Britt's last TV match was September sixteenth. Bonus fact: the last time an episode of Dynamite had two women's matches was April eighth, twenty twenty one. That is a long time ago. 
months, two and a half mm. months, two and a half months, two and, two and a half, half years. years. Uh, the thing with Brit, and obviously, you know, she's great. When she was wrestling on TV uh, just a couple of months ago, she did not look good. No. Like, she looked really injured. Mm. So, you, sure, give her some TV time. Let her mm-hmm. cut a promo and stuff. That's what her tweet was. Yeah. She was upset that she hadn't had any promo time yeah. in a year. Uh, Ian Wall, member for two months. Love the show. Julia Hart may be the most improved wrestler in 2023. Can you think of anyone more? No. No. Not right now. I mean, from like... Did she did she become House of Black this year? Or was it yes. last year? Yes. That was just going on for so long. Might, yeah, like it's it's hard to know because the teases were probably yeah. last year, but I don't know when the actual turn was. But if she's gone from that to the champion, mm. and so far a better champion than Chris Statlander was for me, so that makes her the second greatest TBS <laughs> champion of all time. Wow. Uh, she went from pretty clunky to one of the best ring performers with presence. Yeah. That's it. Justin Reed, Menberg for nine months. AEW messed up and didn't censor Copeland's F-bomb on TBS. Perfect timing when they're trying to get more money from Warner. Yeah. I don't know if that's AEW's responsibility. Well, apparently, I saw some things on Twitter where they did censor it, but just too late. <laughs> so it AEW co- did. So, yeah, so it came out on one of the feeds. Like, it came out a bit too late. Like, they censored just after he said the word. Yeah, so, you know... I used to work in live sports mm. broadcasting and it was up to the person on the the station end to watch it and if anything went wrong, bleep it or put up a warning. You know, we apologise for uh, usually racist things that Australian commentators say yeah. uh, in Australian football leagues. Nice. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I nice. was like, Love oh that. God, the Australians, <laughs> why are they so just casually racist? Um, Australia rules football. Yeah. Oh my god. They're just the commentators would just <laughs> banter in the oh worst way. We apologise. Yeah. <laughs> god. But yeah, you, it's it's from at least that uh, way. Uh, you you would watch a feed and you'd have sort of a five ten second pause thing and, and mm-hmm. you hit the button and yeah. you censor it. So maybe that's not AEW's fault. I don't know how it works mm. with AEW. Yeah. Uh, Sid softball Sid softball bat I was at the show last night and made it on TV the first crowd shot was me chanting AEW nice. a few seconds later it cut to a cute little kid also I got up close and personal with Moxley's back scars nice gross wonderful <laughs> D man gamer I was watching Luke's video yesterday discussing the issues of ex-WWE guys not wanting to job in AEW and I thought of something do you guys think it's a generational difference as the older talent seems to have no problem jobbing unlike the young ones? I would have said it's the other way around. Yes, yeah, I, th- I, I think it's more just like a person by person basis rather than a, a generational divide kind of thing. Because um, there are some ex-WWE guys who have no problem oh. uh, losing. Danielson, you know? Moxley, yeah. I bet, I bet Copeland when the time's right, Claudio. Yeah. Christian yeah. is gonna, you know, lose to people in some big ways to get, yeah, you know, th- this story is to get Kill Switch and Nick Wayne over yeah. long, long run, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's a, it's a person by person rather than generations. And we've got a missed chat from Sunday's Survivor Series review. Sorry, it took so long. Johnny All In says, "Wonder if Punk's first promo will be I left professional wrestling in 2022 and returned to the company that made me sick in the first place <laughs> in 2023." <laughs> Seth's pissed. Drew walked. The only thing CM Punk is best in the world at is being a hypocrite. Do one. Nice. Love that for you. So uh, Seth, Seth's is kayfabe. Yeah, Seth, Seth, it's for Seth, a... Seth is kayfabe now. And yeah, no, he's he's returned home. Uh, if go and subscribe to Parts for Known, by the way, because if you haven't already, come you you're watching an hour into a podcast, <laughs> you're probably subscribed. But I'll have a every time CM Punk shot on WWE before he rejoined list going up on Sunday. Uh, it's yeah. Reading it all through, mm. going, oh man, he is a lot. He he frequently said, and quite recently, that he would never go back. Yeah, he did <laughs> say that. Um, which is why I found it very disingenuous and oh, very yeah. out of spite that he went back. Yeah. 
Um, I feel the same. But hey, also, if you missed the Raw podcast this week, I think me and Dan Layton had a very lovely discussion about CM Punk. It went on for like 40 minutes, mm. and we just spoke about both sides of the Punk argument, and it was very respectful, and it was lovely. Oh. I really enjoyed it. So check out the Raw podcast. Go if watch you the Raw podcast too. Talk about discussions about Punk. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Pete Quinnell. Go also subscribe to Chaotic Neutral for mm. the Fiasco stream tomorrow. Jam the jam. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.